Hey, Strategy Simplified, happy Friday. If you're in the US, we hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. And we're bringing you some bonus content today to listen to over the holiday weekend, uh, perhaps as you recover from that Thanksgiving feast or as you're waiting in line for that Black Friday deal you've been eyeing. Today, Naman, who is management consultant, COO, and Lisa, a management consultant coach and former McKinsey consultants are performing a real-time review of a consulting candidate's resume to answer the question, is this resume ready for applications? And if not, what can the candidate do to take it from just okay to ready to apply? Numan and Lisa co-lead management consultants resume and cover letter editing team, helping thousands of candidates each year land interviews in consulting, investment banking, product management, tech, and more. There's a link in the show notes that you can click to learn more about the editing process. In addition, this recording is also available in video format, and that is available at another link in the show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Alona, uh, you're our first uh, resume. Uh, would you just quickly like to, to give 30 seconds of context on your background, and then we'll pop your resume up and, and uh, get going. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. I am a PhD student at the University of Georgia. So you'll see a lot about my PhD on there. Um, I have some teaching experience. So that'll be on my resume a little bit. Um, been interested in consulting for the past year. So trying to transition into that role after um, my PhD. I, my PhD is in infectious diseases. So I should mention that. So interesting relative time for it. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Okay. We might have to ask you some, some more specific questions after the review. <laughs> I know I've got a million, but that's awesome. Thanks, Alona. Uh, thanks for volunteering to, to have us walk through your resume today. Lisa, I'm going to let you lead this one. I may not be able to help from, from you know, kind of interrupting and piping in, but uh, go for it. All right. So let's take a look and break down kind of the three major elements that Naman mentioned. So let's start off with, we'll look at the format, the structure, and then the content of the resume. So let's look at format. Um, so overall, visually, um, looks clean, right? I can kind of read through it quite well. It's not, you don't want to go for fancy formats with consulting and with business resumes. Keep them clean. Um, looks like Times New Roman font, good size. So overall, looks pretty good. Um, let's take a look at some of the details here. So you'll notice that um, consultants have a really fine eye for the most random things. Um, I had a partner who once would comment that there was like a double space in the footnote after the period and they, would, they wouldn't continue the meeting unless we fixed it. So they're very high attention to detail because ultimately everything goes in front of a CEO or C-suite. So they're pretty picky. Um, so I'm just kind of glancing through here to see if I notice anything. Can you scroll down a little bit? Um, okay, so just for example, like on the right-hand side here, so we've got some that are capitalized, like the present, right, and then some that aren't. So little things like that you want to make. So what I would do on a resume is kind of clean some of those things up, um, or like some of the spacing um, within the dates, little things like that, and then like the, the one has the month with December, the others don't. So just a couple little things that um, it, it seems minor, but just from a formatting perspective, it keeps it really consistent. Um, they're thinking about your resume as like a final document. So you want to make sure it's like really polished <laughs> in terms of formatting. But overall, it looks really clean. Um, the formatting looks good. Um, you can kind of clearly see the titles, um, the, the company. A lot of times we'll switch those. Uh, but given your PhD background, the roles, keeping those off to the left and then the company to the right, I think that's fine. 
Um, one thing I would do as well is get a little bit more spacing in between here. So if you notice like um, experimental design and essay development and the education is like really close. So it doesn't have to be a whole lot, but we wanna get a little bit of spacing in there just to kind of keep everything, um, it makes it a little bit easier to read and keeping those spaced out. Um, so I'll pause there for a second. Um, any questions from Alana or Naman, any, any inputs? I have one question. Um, so you mentioned like how for some I had the year and the other one, like another one I had the month. Mm -hmm. So for some, for example, right, I have my second um, title for my research work experience, the PhD candidate. That one has been yep. several years versus the other ones, like the extern consultant has like only been like three months. So mm -hmm. that's why I felt like I needed to put in the month because I felt like it would feel like I'm lying if I just wrote 2020 to present as if I worked all of 2020. So how would you address that? Our best practice typically is we would put the month and the year for all roles just to keep it consistent. Um, and I would shorten up the month. So if you just put DEC dot space year and then to, you know, present. And then you could do that even for the older ones. Um, typically, if you have a resume where you've got 10, 15 years work experience or more, then you can start dropping off the months. Um, but typically, best practice, we just keep the months on there. So I follow up to that. For example, my last one was the last point on there is biologics research co-op. So that was just a six month thing. So it, it wouldn't look bad to write June to December because they would understand a co-op yep. is just like a long internship, right? Exactly. Yep. And then it keeps all the formatting consistent. So it's not a guessing, you know, where they have to check different ones across different experiences. Absolutely. Um, all right. Awesome. So that's the format. Let's take a look at structure. Um, so in terms of the sections, let's take a look at that. So we've got sort of an intro section at the top. Um, those are kind of optional. Again, we usually keep those for people that have you know, 10, 15 years work experience or more. Um, so you can take it or leave it, either one. Um, and then education, um, you're currently at the University of Georgia, so that's good. You wanna lead with your most recent um, experience. If you're currently a student, having the education come first makes sense. If you're experienced higher, you would have that come first. Um, and if we scroll down leadership and teamwork, that's great. Um, a lot of times we'll just label that as leadership. Firms love leadership. So having a section on that is good. And then if you can scroll down a little bit, um, the research and work experience. So this one, um, this is kind of interesting because you have the extern consultant role um, and that's at a, it's at a startup. And then can you scroll up again? Sorry, one moment. We have the graduate mentor. So the research and work experience, this seems like a, um, a more relevant work experience that you'd want to put first. So the sections look good. I would just move your research and work experience up and then leadership and teamwork would come second below your education. Um, and then if we scroll down to the last part, um, skills and interests. Yeah, we a lot of times will recommend um, always having some kind of personal section. So that looks good. That's where you can include your interests, languages, extracurriculars, um, anything like that. So overall, the, the sections look good. I would just rearrange and flip those two. Can I just uh, interrupt for a second, Lisa? Mm -hmm. So to, just to, to re reiterate something that Lisa said, uh, Japheth, if you scroll up to the very top, uh, when we were talking about consistency, uh, Alona, if you are going to keep that, that kind of top profile section, I would title it the same as every other section, uh, mm -hmm. just another inconsistency. Uh, and I would remove, uh, uh, if you, if you want to keep a profile, um, I'd make it two lines max in your case, uh, include metrics, uh, and, and I would remove all of the data points. 
uh, excuse me, the bullet points. Uh, and, and so what we can do is if those are, if, if you've oriented those to be kind of keyword focused, we can include them in the personal section under a, a skills line. Um, but, you know, what we want to do is we want to show how you've applied those skills, uh, not tell someone that you possess them. Uh, and so if we need to keep them, we'll include them in the personal section. Um, but they honestly, they waste space and it's not what someone wants to see first anyways. Uh, and, and so I would just remove those bullet points from that profile, make it really short, focused, crisp, and then move right into right how you've applied those skills in either your PhD or your professional experience. And then I, I, I've got more feedback, but at least I'm sure you're going to get into it. So I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah. And I saved that one for my content. I was actually going to go over that. So you beat me to it. Um, so let's take a look at, um, so that was my, my thoughts from a structure standpoint. I think where we'll get into some of the meat of stuff is going to be in the content of the resume. So I'll, I'll kind of start off by saying, as you think about the content of the resume, what you want to showcase is how your work experience translates to the business world or to consulting, which is always a challenge for people coming from a PhD or a law background or an engineer. They're trying to think of how that translates. Um, the recommendation I always give people is like pull up a consulting job description. It's really general. It covers a lot of business things, even if you're not interested in applying to consulting. And if you look at the, the things that they mention of what the requirements are, right, you possess skills in like data analysis, for example, your first bullet point. That's a great thing to include. Um, so what you want to do is showcase those skills in the context, like Naman was saying, in the context of your bullets. So whether it be your leadership experience or, um, you know, in your work experience. And so you want to showcase kind of two types, right? So you have both um, technical skills, which would be like your data analysis, conducting research, things like that. And then you have your soft skills, which would be things like, you know, leading teams, um, presenting to senior executives or presenting to your manager, you know, whoever that might be. Um, good verbal and written communication, good collaboration, those types of things. So your, your resume is designed to showcase that. So coming from a PhD background, that makes it a little bit challenging. So what you want to do is think about with each of the things on your resume, does it translate well? So data analysis, absolutely. And we'll want to include those in your more into your bullets of how you showcase that in the context. Um, things like molecular and cellular biology, not as relevant for the business world. So those are ones that you wouldn't include and you'd remove those, um, but you'd keep the ones that are more, um, that are more transferable. Um, so that's in that section. If we move into education, um, you wanna quantify things as much as you can. So you include your GRE scores, that's great. Um, things like the scholarship and the fellowship, you can include like how much in dollar value that was, or, you know, if you were top 1% that received this, um, they probably, you know, there's so many things out there, they don't know what they are. And so if you can include that, it provides the context. It's like top 1% to receive this out of X number of applicants. Um, that kind of showcases the prestige of those things on your resume. Also, you can include any kind of leadership that you may not have a whole section on down below. So if you had leadership in your undergraduate experience, you could list that there. Um, so you can kind of beef up that education section. Um, regarding the numbers, like uh, we generally recommend GPAs, if any one of them is below a 3.5, probably remove both. Um, so you wanna keep those both above. Some firms, they actually have computer screens um, that will cut it off at 3.5. So it kind of knocks the resume out really quickly. <laughs> so networking can easily overcome that. 
but we'd probably remove that from there. Um, but anything that is great, like scholarships, the fellowship, you know, add those with the numerical values um, that adds, adds context there. Um, and then let's see here. So then as we get into the bullets, we could take a closer look at that. We'll be right back after this quick message. Do you find yourself thinking that there just aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done? Do you want to spend the limited time you do have on tasks and things that can't be outsourced? Of course you do. Try Instacart. Instacart is the go-to service for quick and effective grocery delivery. You select groceries from the hundreds of retailers that Instacart has a relationship with, and then they send out a personal shopper who will do the shopping for you and deliver to you when they are finished. Follow the link in the show notes to activate your two-week free trial of Instacart today. In this two-week trial, you'll have a $0 delivery fee on all orders over $35. You'll get 5% credit back on eligible pickup orders. You'll experience lower service fees on all orders, and you can cancel anytime. Again, follow the link in the show notes to try Instacart for free for two weeks and get time back in your week. Do you have any particular bullets that you're struggling with? If not, I can kind of pick one and then we can look at one of those. Um, no, you can just pick one. <laughs> okay, we'll go with the, we'll start with the first one. So let's see, graduate mentors. So I'm looking at this first bullet point here. So it's advised two undergraduate research assistants in conducting microbiology research in a wet laboratory. Okay, so... Um, what we want to do is we think about structuring bullets. So first of all, you want to provide some context. It doesn't have to be in every bullet, but especially the first one, it's great to do that. So what I would do for this one is say like for X, for let's say a $10 million describe the laboratory, like microbiology laboratory, or if it's, you know, a top laboratory in the nation, I would note that. Um, a lot of people as they read resumes are just not familiar with um, some of the, the things outside of their field. So it may be very recognizable in your field. It may not be for them. So if you can provide a little bit of context, that kind of sets the tone for the, for the rest of the experience. Um, and then we want to showcase, so you start off with the context, and then we want to showcase some skills here. So here we have it as advising them and conducting microbiology research. So we talked about leadership as a big thing. So you could probably put that as, you know, led a team of, led team of two, and then always use the number two. Um, I think you have that down below. Yeah. So down below you have like the number three. So you just want to make sure that's consistent. So led team of two undergrads. And then instead of kind of the main focus of this bullet is on advising. So it conveys a little bit of a skill there, but if they're doing a lot of research, um, what else, what all did that entail? I'm guessing you're probably mentoring them on conducting the analysis or setting up the experiment experiments or um, how to do the research and maybe how to go about it. Um, what all, if you can tell me a little bit, what did that role entail? We can see if we can extract some more um, skill sets out of that experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it was everything from teaching them how to work in a lab and all the skills associated with doing research to getting their data and analyzing their data and then helping them with format it in a way that they could then present their data. Um, they had to present it either in like our lab meeting or we at University of Georgia, they have this 
undergraduate symposium that they present either a poster or a talk at. So it was everything because um, these undergrads had no experience okay. prior to joining. That sounds a lot like a consulting project, <laughs> whether you realize it or not. So I would put lead team of two to um, analyze XYZ data using, and if you were using like statistical modeling or any kind of proprietary software that showcases the technical skills that you possess. So like lead team of two to conduct XYZ research um, or analyze XYZ data via XYZ method. You don't want to get too technical um, in terms of the biology side of things, um, but keep it you know a little bit broader. You're just trying to convey, hey, I have technical skills. I can analyze data. I can use um, statistical models, um, things like that, that showcases the transferableness. And then, um, so you'd have the, uh, the skill sets, leadership, analysis, research, you're just kind of checking the boxes, right, of all the things they look for. And then um, you want to have something around um, a result tied to that. So if it, if they actually are, you know, presenting, or if there's something to be published around that, you know, led to presentation for X number of people, um, and if there was any good reviews um, or any insights that came out of that, I would include those too. Okay. So that would make up, you know, a well-rounded bullet point. So you have the context, you know, it's for a notable lab. Um, here's the skills that I showcased, leadership, both soft skills like leadership and then more technical like research and analysis, and then the result of that, that came out of that. Okay. So that's kind of the approach you want to take for each of your bullet points. And it may not, you don't always have to have that context once you set it up the first time. Um, but if you have other projects that you're working on, you could do the same thing with the other bullets too. So then I have a question. So that third bullet then in that graduate mentor, um, so I wrote like assisted in their program application. So like that would sort of be one of the results. Would I just merge that with one of the previous ones? Because yes. that undergraduate ended up getting like doing all this work and applying and getting accepted into like a top program. Yeah. So you would put um, like, uh, you could put like a semicolon led to acceptance into a master's of public health program. Okay. Yeah. The assisted, I was going to say the assisting, it yeah. doesn't come across as like a real powerful bullet point. So if it's related to that, tagging that on as the result, that would work well. And it would save you some space. So that way you can get a little bit more spacing um, above and then also trimming some of those bullet points above. You can kind of see how we worked that data analysis into one of your bullet points. Gotcha. As opposed to saying, I have data analysis skills, you're showing them your data analysis skills through your work. That's awesome. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes. Alona, any other questions that you have or Lisa, any other insights you want to share before we transition? Yeah, so I guess um, in at the bottom where I have like my skills and interests, I do mention like I'm a member of a consulting club. I competed in a case competition. Like, is that sufficient? Should I put in more? Should I put that somewhere else in my resume? Because I think that's like really important for applying to consulting jobs that they see like, hey, I've, I've went out and sought like some of those other extracurricular consulting related activities. Yeah, the, the consulting case competitions, those are kind of interesting. I would say if you won or placed in the top 
um, like the finalist group, I would include it. If not, I would probably remove it. Uh Um, they value, like, for example, that bullet point that we just worked on that in a sense, in a sense was a consulting project, right. With the same skills in the context of your work that they actually hold more weight on something like that than, Hey, I participated in a competition for consulting. Um, it's great to show that you're in the consulting club to show your interest, Um, I would try to add to that. So if you could get a leadership role in there where you could add some, um, some skills and results tied to that. So like if you coordinated, um, consulting practice for X number of students weekly, um, versus saying, Hey, I'm just a member of it. So that would, that would be how you'd bolster that experience and make that, um, more relevant to the resume. And then you could put that up under education potentially, um, in your recent role and maybe even put like a little blurb about it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just saying, I remember, you know, what you did and how you were, what you were able to achieve in that role. Awesome. Well, thank you, Alona, for, for being willing to, to, for us to give you feedback publicly. Uh, I hope that was helpful. Uh, Lisa, I think that was fantastic and actionable insight. If you enjoyed this resume review episode, we would love your review of the podcast. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and leave a rating and review because it really does help the show out. It helps more people uh, find the show. And if you need help taking your resume and or cover letter from good to great, reach out to us today. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and to start the process where our team will edit your resume and cover letter to help you land that interview. Thanks again for listening to the show.